Good morning, everybody. Happy Wednesday to you. My name is Tim Harris. It's 10 o'clock. It's time for Tim with Tim. Uh, each day, Monday through Friday, we take about 10 minutes and uh, we go verse by verse through the Word of God. And uh, we're, uh, we're wrapping up the book of Acts. It looks like, and look at my plan, I think we are finishing up the book of Acts on Monday. So really, we've only got two chapters to go. Um, I, I, I'll listen to your input on what you want to do next because we're in this together. My instinct is to go back to the Old Testament because we still have a lot of Old Testament left to go. I know that some of what's left isn't anybody's favorite part of the Bible. I mean, it's all God's Word. We all love it. We love it all. I know. I know we do. But some of it we know by now is easier to read. Some of it is just more tedious, more of a chore. And uh, I don't want us to get bogged down too long in, 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 in what makes it difficult without being able to bounce back into uh, some of the uh, passages that really sort of excite us. So that's why I, I keep bouncing us back to pick up some of the other stuff. Uh, the, the biggest book in the Old Testament we have left is the book of Isaiah. And I'm inclined to jump back to Isaiah. It's good stuff. It's just 66 chapters long. We're going to do it all. We're going to do it all sometime. <laughs> So uh, either Isaiah or Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy's a little more fun, a little more story-driven. Um, it's a long book, too, not as long as Isaiah, though. We could even chop Isaiah up into sections if you wanted to do 22 chapters at a time, something like that. But anyway, that, that's what I'm praying about. This is what I'm thinking about. I feel ready to do either one of those. Uh, so it's, I guess I'll kind of leave it up to you guys. So drop in the comments. Let me know if you want Isaiah or Deuteronomy and, uh, and get excited. <laughs> <laughs> one or the other of those because we'll jump into them next week. Uh, I love you guys. This is what we do. We do it together. Uh, and so uh, just let me know uh, what we'll do next. We've still got some really good books of the Bible left. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I don't want to do all of them first. And then we end up at the end, you know, trying to slog our way through the, you know, the book of you know Judges or, you know, uh, whew, Leviticus. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll do it all. Uh, it's all God's word and it's all good. I think we've learned that by now. God, always finds a way to feed us with his word, especially if we're faithful to come back to it. And so far, uh, I, regularly, uh, some of the passages that I think, oh my goodness, am I going to get 10 minutes worth of anything out of this? Sometimes those are the passages I wrestle with and come back uh, with, with something really rich for my own soul. So anyway, God is good just all the time in his word. Acts chapter 27 is where we are today. Speaking of tedious, oh my goodness, uh, uh, we're in one of those we passages. Actually, this is the longest we narrative in the book of Acts. So hopefully by now you know what I mean by that. When Luke, who's the author, joins the traveling company, you can tell because at that point it's we. We set sail for Italy. So Luke's on the boat. Um, Luke isn't always a traveling companion. Sometimes he's just telling the story, but then sometimes he joins them. And right now he's with them, which is kind of good because getting the first person account of this amazing storm and shipwreck is great. We know that Luke was there. Uh, so we set sail for Italy. Again, begins one of the longest uh, travel narratives, uh, first person in the book of Acts. And boy, it is long. It's like my grandfather. Uh, like my grandfather and grandmother went to Hawaii late in their lives and, you know, really excited to hear about their trips. So I said, you know, hey, granddaddy, tell me about your trip. How was Hawaii? And he would start, you know, well, you know, we left home, you know, drove, you know, going to the airport in Nashville. And, you know, we passed Portland and, you know, got to Gallatin and they 
thought it might ought to get some gas, you know, and I'm like, I mean, my grandfather would tell the trip in real time. So if it took an hour to drive to Nashville, that part of the story took an hour to tell, you know, it's like, oh my goodness, get to Hawaii, you know, get to Hawaii. And there's a little bit of this here. It's like, come on, Luke, you know, good night. Uh, We've known since what, chapter 19, was it chapter 19, verse 21, where Paul says, I'm gonna go to Rome. I want to witness in Rome. You know, he sort of gets that that vision of preaching in Rome way back in chapter 19. So we've kind of known that we're going to Rome. And now he says, we set sail for Italy. But oh my goodness, Luke is going to tell us this trip in real time. Uh, It's actually really interesting. Scholars love this portion. It's one of the, if you want information about ancient, you know, voyages and ancient, you know, seafaring and navigation and all of that, Luke gives some really good information. He's obviously not a, you know, a a sailor. He's not a professional, you know, boatsman. Is there a word for that? Uh, But at the same time, uh, this is really good information. It tells us a lot about ancient travel, about ancient sea routes and all of that. Luke gets the information and, and it's really good. But, oh, you know, my goodness, we get to hear about, you know, every stop along the way and it's right along the map. You can follow it. So we set sail for Italy. Paul and several other prisoners were placed in the custody of a Roman official named Julius. Julius turns out to be just the sweetest guy. <laughs> it's just the best guy. When they dock at Sidon, Julius is kind enough to say, hey, Paul, you got friends in town? Go hang out, have a nice time. You know, just be back before we leave in the morning. I mean, you know, that's like, you know, my goodness. It's, it's like he's being, you know, his, his parole officer is like his best friend. Julius is just a nice guy. Uh, but it also demonstrates, again, Luke is sort of always emphasizing the fact that Paul uh, has, you know, goodwill, you know, in the eye of the Romans. He's not a danger. He ain't going to run off. I mean, we've already established Paul probably would be set free if the dummy hadn't said, you know, I appeal to Caesar, (laughs) you know, he appeals to Caesar and that's the only reason he's going to Rome, you know, so he's really not, you know, you know, America's most wanted criminal here. Um, so they just let him go. Hey, go see your friends. Go hang out. I think it's interesting. We haven't heard anything about the church at Sidon, but there are Christians here. Again, it's one of the things I've enjoyed about reading Acts with you this time through. It's just the way that everywhere they go, there's a little church. I mean, the gospel is spreading, and, and we sort of think it's being carried single-handedly by Paul. But obviously, there are a whole lot of Christians out here doing a whole lot of evangelism, and the gospel is spreading with Paul, but the gospel is also spreading without Paul because the Holy Spirit's working through a whole lot of his people. Don't you love that? So the Christians inside, and Paul knows them. They know him, so Paul gets out. Out and they uh, help him pack a suitcase, you know, for the rest of the journey, and and on they go. Uh, in, in verse six, there, notice they change ships. They change to a larger Egyptian ship. Uh, from what we read later, especially in tomorrow, uh, we'll realize that this is a large grain ship. Uh, Egypt had, you know, uh, major trade going with other nations, and grain is one of the things that Egypt often imported to feed its people. So this is probably a massive ship. You know, don't picture a little bitty, you know, I mean, it's not like, you know, the big princess cruise ship you just got off of, but but, but it's a very large ship. It's probably... Uh, I don't know, a thousand tons from what I've read, probably over a hundred feet long. This is a massive ship. And again, carrying primarily cargo, primarily grain. I think it's wheat we'll read tomorrow. So it's a large ship. Uh, and uh, and here we go. 
they're setting out for fair havens, um, but this is where the weather starts getting dangerous, and Paul starts saying, hey, boys, y'all really think this is a good idea? Notice what he says in verse 10. I believe there's trouble ahead. You know, Paul's not you know, a weatherman, and he's not a sailor, um, but he's got common sense, and what Paul says here is what any common sense person would know. Hey, it's kind of storm season now. Do we really want to be out on the open sea? You know, it's it's late in the year. It's hurricane season. We'd say you know every you know year in our vacation, a hurricane comes to Florida. You know, because we vacation in hurricane season. That's what Paul's saying. It's late in the year. It's it's storm season. Do we really want to be out on the open sea? I, I don't think this is going to go well. He says it's a we're, we're going to lose the car. Um, and it's a danger to our lives. So those two things, I mean, it's going to be loss of life and loss of cargo if this ship goes down with us on it, you, you know. Uh, but nobody listens to Paul. Nobody listens to Paul. He's a prisoner. You know, what do you know? He's not the weatherman. He's not the ship's captain. He's never been in the Navy, you know. So Paul is overruled. And then as soon as they set sail, there's a giant storm at sea, a northeaster. I don't know what that means, but it sounds bad. It's a northeaster. And it is a dreadful storm, hurricane, typhoon, force winds, Luke says. Uh, they start throwing gear, you know, luggage and some of the cargo overboard. Not all of it. They're just trying to lighten the load. The storm rages for days, blots out the sun and the stars. Man, it is so black with clouds. It is so terrible. The wind is terrible. All hope is gone, man. Uh, and then uh, Paul stands up to speak in verse 21. Paul sounds like me at this point. Uh, he doesn't really want to say, I told you so, but he can't help it. He just stands up and says, man, I told you so. <laughs> Y'all should have listened to me. I said this. I predicted this. I know I'm not the weatherman. I know I'm not a sailor, but, you know, I'd be blind as a bat not to know this is the dumbest trip we ever took. Y'all should have listened to me. But if you didn't listen to me then, listen to me now. And this is good. Uh, I think it's really part of the reason. I think it's Paul's pride. really just, Y'all should have listened to me. I think it's just... Listen to me now. You know, I was right then, so I'm right now. And and right now, you need to know what I'm saying. We're going to be okay. You know, that's kind of amazing. Men, you should listen to me then, but listen to me now. Take courage. None of you is going to lose your lives. You know, nobody's going to die here. You know, earlier he said, hey, we take this trip, you know, going to be loss of life and loss of cargo. And now Paul says, no, we're going to lose the cargo. We're probably going to lose this ship, but we're not going to lose each other. Not a single one of us is going to die. You know how I know? Because last night, you know, an angel of the God whom I serve came and stood by my bed and said, Paul, I got plans for you. And my plans do not involve you drowning in the Mediterranean Sea tonight in this storm. As a matter of fact, my plans for you involve you going to Rome, you know. And so Paul can deduce, you know, <laughs> you know, since I'm going to Rome, y'all are obviously all going with me, you, you know. Uh, I will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness is going to grant uh, safety to everyone sailing with me. Verse 25, I love. So take courage. I believe God, and it will be just as he said. And that good? I underline that verse. That's just a verse for your life. Take courage. I believe God, and it will be just as he said, you know. I love it. But we will be shipwrecked on an island. <laughs> Yeah, it's like mm, good news, bad news. We're going to live, but we are about to be shipwrecked, you know. And so uh, anyway, I love it. I, I just love it. Yeah, again, it's uh, two chapters left and three-fourths, literally three-fourths of the what's left of Acts is just Luke like my granddaddy telling you about the, you know, the stops along the way. But this shipwreck is, is not going to be, you know, pretend, man. This is going to be a real thing. We start tomorrow on the shipwreck. Right in chapter 27, right in the middle, verse 27, we'll finish up through verse 44 tomorrow. Uh, Acts 27, verses 27 to 44.
I love you guys so much. Uh, again, I, I really enjoy this passage. And like I say, take courage. I believe God, and it's going to be exactly like he said. Uh, that's a verse for your life. It's like this final theme in the book of Acts is just this. It's the triumph of the gospel. It's uh, it's God's providence, the way God will continue to work his purposes out. But but so far, we've seen the the, the apostles, the, the early church, in every kind of opposition, in every kind of circumstance. And in all of these you know, ways, God delivers them, not because of who they are, but because of what they proclaim. It's not so much the victory of the church, the triumph of the church, it's a triumph of the gospel. You know, It's not so much that we gotta get Paul to Rome, we're gonna get the gospel to Rome, You know, and Paul's gonna bring it. I love it. Anyway, I'm still preaching. I love you guys. I will see you in the morning, 10 o'clock, Lord willing, 10 with Tim. Have a beautiful Wednesday. I love you guys.